Folks, the NHL playoffs are currently underway, and while the Jets are no longer participating, round two has already opened with some pretty big results and a couple of very surprising scorelines. We'll dive into how the teams are doing and check in briefly on the Manitoba Moose as they begin their Calder Cup quest on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends and welcome to today's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow us on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate all of the, all of the support of our everydayers. Now, like I said, tonight's episode is going to be uh, really checking in on the playoffs and seeing how teams are doing and also briefly checking in on the Manitoba Moose. And maybe even we take a look at how Brad Lambert has been doing in his playoff run as he tries to lead uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds to a CHL title. Quite a bit of, uh, quite a, quite a bit of ex- an exciting time, I guess, for Jets prospects, more so than the actual Winnipeg Jets. Unfortunate that Winnipeg um, wasn't able to really join all of these teams and really show off how well they can do. But, you know, it is what it is. We're going to have to settle for baby Jets, basically, in the meantime. Before then, though, let's talk about the current NHL playoffs. So round two uh, kicked off with a bit of a, I guess, surprise uh, set of score lines. Florida is taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we all know how this series is uh, going to be kind of nuts, right? You know, uh, the Boston Bruins ended up getting uh, seen off by the uh, Florida Panthers. Our old friend Paul Maurice somehow managed to uh, squeak out just enough of a result to get this team through. And, you know, the Bruins were stunned in a series in which they lead, uh, led 3-1. At one point, they blew it all the way towards uh, a Game 7. And unfortunately for the Bruins, fell just short of actually realizing um, an advancement after what a, a magical and historical season they had accomplished during the regular season. So, you know, everyone will always say President's Trophy curse, uh, a really tough loss. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think people also maybe slept on the Panthers roster a little bit. You know, Florida has a very deep unit. And with Palmer Reese, right, there are a couple of ways that you can kind of uh, imagine him coaching. There's a version of him that did the the Winnipeg Jets from 2017-2018, where for the most part, you know, um, he didn't really get in the team's way as much, right? He sort of let them play to their strengths. He trusted that team to uh, really cut loose and dominate offensively, while also allowing the blue liners to be aggressive and active. And, you know, with the Panthers, from what I've been able to catch their games, I felt like they looked defensively reasonably tight. Uh, it was especially noticeable um, with parts of the the game against Toronto, where the Panthers, I thought, 
shut down zone entries well, and then, you know, created nice exit outlets for defensive zone uh, retreats. But, you know, over time, you did see the, uh, the, the, the Leafs start to really up the tempo and push the pace. And the Panthers did start to buckle a little bit. I mean, you could really see that Toronto got close to scoring and then Florida ends up hitting back on a counter. They score a nice goal. Um, and suddenly, you know, Toronto's hopes and dreams kind of seem like they're shattered. So for a game one, very interesting to see the Panthers have now gone uh, up in that series uh, with a big four to two score line, but it is just one game. I think Florida knows that the job is very far from over, but taking, you know, the first game on the road is a huge step in potentially moving on to, uh, you know, essentially the cup finals, right? It's crazy to think that we're already almost uh, halfway through this playoff run, but it has been at least a very lively time. Now, the other game on, um, on what was it, like Tuesday, you had Seattle versus Dallas, and this was a fun one, a very wild and wooly game. Joe Pavelski, in his return after being injured uh, during the Wild Series, scores four goals, including a magical game-tying goal to force overtime after the Stars found themselves trailing numerous times against the Kraken. I think Seattle was one of those teams that a lot of people really slept on. Uh, honestly, I was not expecting them to be as good as they are this year. And, you know, offensively, right, they've had a really good by committee sort of approach to scoring. And with the goaltending, all they needed was for it to just improve, right? Last year, Grubauer and company really couldn't get it done. This year, it seems like the goaltending has at least been average or well above average, which is a huge, huge change when you're talking about a team like Seattle that is reasonably deep and reasonably skilled. You know, they don't have uh, some of the most high-end elite talent to work with, right? But there is quite a bit there. You've got, you know, players like Burakovsky, uh, Matty Beneers as he continues to develop, Jared McCann when he's healthy. So there's, you know, an interesting group. Eberly is still you know, kicking and screaming and, and doing pretty good stuff out there. This is a team that at full strength and, and full health, it's nasty, right? So, you know, I, I think the, the the Stars have their hands full. But I do think at the end of the series, despite the Kraken winning in game one, that we're going to see the Stars advance. Dallas, to me, looked like they could up the tempo uh, at a level that I don't know if the Kraken can contain them. Seattle maybe got a bit fortunate at times that Dallas was not able to capitalize on a really aggressive forecheck, uh, a couple of moments where they really jumped some some um, outlet lanes and stuff that I thought the Kraken probably should have been punished for. But, you know, it is hockey, and with the playoffs, you never know if a team is going to fall flat in seven games or find themselves just a little bit unlucky and end up falling short. So we'll see if the Kraken can maintain their serious momentum and push onwards. The following day, we had a couple more games, including uh, Carolina versus New Jersey and Edmonton versus Vegas. We'll dive into how those series have kicked off in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built. Those of you who have heard me talk about Built before know that I'm personally a very big fan of their Built Bar. And if you're wondering what that is, it's the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They're healthy and they taste amazing because they also come in a ton of fabulous flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. But, you know, the biggest thing with having these, you're probably asking yourself, if they taste that good, they have to be unhealthy for you, right? 
but I did just say that they actually are quite good for you. And I don't just mean like a little bit good for you. These are only 130 calories, contain around four to five grams of sugar, and they come loaded with like a whopping 17 grams of protein. That is a masterful combo of flavor and nutritional value. And for those of you who are really active gym nerds, or maybe those who are just looking for like an alternative snack that doesn't fill you with guilt, Built Bars are a fantastic choice. And best of all, you can find them online at Built.com, where you can choose your own variety packs or in store with some of their most popular flavors at Walmart and Sam's Club. If you want to head over to Sam's Club, you can even get a 13-bar box with some of their biggest hit flavors, and I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. So be sure to check out Built right now and their Built Bars, and also place an order at Built.com. Maybe you'll find your own personal favorite flavor right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyday everydayers, and thank you so much for uh, tuning in for what has kind of been, you know, a bit of a frustrating playoffs for the Winnipeg Jets, and honestly, for a couple of teams that have kicked off this round two, I think a lot of them are probably not thrilled with some of the early score lines that they're seeing. One of those teams is going to be the New Jersey Devils after winning Game Seven against the Rangers and pulling off a huge series comeback. Game one against the Carolina Hurricanes really could not have gotten off to a worse start. A 5-1 defeat to Carolina, and I think we all know that this Hurricanes team is a very dangerous squad, even though they've had quite a few injuries in this postseason run. Still a very deep, very dangerous team, and I'm a little bit surprised that the Devils really struggled as much as they did. I, I thought that they would have a better opening round, but it seems like, you know, after all of the fatigue and, and wear and tear from that series against the Rangers, which was a pretty brutal series. Maybe it's finally starting to catch up just a bit, but you know, Carolina, I, I think we've seen Carolina have really great games and then some moments where, you know, the Canes have fallen flat before. So very early to write this one off. And we just saw the New Jersey Devils come back against the Rangers anyways, after, you know, losing the first couple of games in that series. So even though Carolina has had a very dominant first win, I, you know, I think everyone is is not exactly uh, calling this one over yet. Plenty of time for the Devils to come back. New Jersey has shown, I think, a really impressive resiliency this postseason. And even when everyone was kind of writing their obituaries, they were, you know, not really buying into it, right? They came back, they showed off a lot of fight and a lot of spirit, or in Rick Bonus's, uh famous words for the Jets, you know, a lot of pushback. But that's not the only series that I think is probably kicked off um, with a bit of an eye-opening scoreline. The Vegas and Edmonton game kicked off as well, and wow, uh, we had a 6-4 win for the Knights, and that was despite Leon Dreisaitl also having a four-goal performance. What is it with these four-goal games, man? Joe Pavelski and Dreisaitl, like back-to-back nights of four goals each? That's crazy. I don't think you really see that stuff even in in the regular season, right? Let alone the playoffs where uh, you would expect maybe some tighter hockey, um, some, some really tight defensive structure, but we all know that Vegas and the Oilers don't exactly defend uh, and and get as many saves as some of the other top teams. Vegas might have done really well defensively against the Jets, but against the Oilers, a little bit of a different story, right? Edmonton has really good cross-team passing, especially with that top-level talent that they have. But I think the one thing for um, the Oilers that's going to be a real problem is if they cannot 
defensively kind of neutralize some of those passing uh, angles and stuff that Edmonton traditionally has tried to block off. It's going to be tough for their goalies, right? Skinner is going to do his best against this Knights power play and stuff. But I think the biggest thing you have to worry about is like Eichel really getting hot um, and some of the other top players on this Knights team, which again, you know, maybe they don't have uh, the elite level talent of the Oilers, which is crazy because the Knights have some of the top talent in the NHL period. But, you know, you're going against McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, and some of those unbelievable players. And you're doing it with guys like Barbashev, Amadio, um, and and Chandler Stevenson, right? But you're also, underneath all of that, getting really big contributions from your top-end Knights players like Mark Stone. Again, Jack Eichel, who's starting to get hot again. Um, but primarily, probably Stone really warming up. Riley Smith, hopefully, uh, you know, warming up himself. Wild Bill Carlson. I mean, we all know that a lot of these Knights players in the past have been really big drivers. But if Stone really starts to get rolling, if Eichel really starts to get rolling, I, I think that that could be a big push of momentum for the Knights. We know how good they can be. We saw even like a half strength Mark Stone against the Jets just kind of rip us a new one, especially in the latter games of that series. Uh, very sad result for the Jets. Very unfortunate that Winnipeg um, fell as flat as it did, but you know, it is what it is. You move on and you uh, you just hope that at some point somebody can slow them down, but it doesn't seem, at least from the first game, that that team might be the Oilers, as much as it pains me to say. Uh, Edmonton, though, I mean, this is one of those teams where, again, kind of like the Devils, I would not count them out. I know that, you know, Laurent Brassois has generally been pretty good in net for um, Vegas, but now he's got a much tougher test and he might not be able to survive all of these games where, you know, the Oilers uh, start streaming in and really putting pressure on this night's PK. I really feel like this, the special teams is going to be the battle where um, Edmonton has the biggest chance to do a lot of damage so far. You know, they did actually hit out uh, on a power play goal or two, especially from dry but you know, the biggest thing for the Oilers is, making sure that at even strength that they do enough to uh, really keep the Knights away from those really good cross lot passes and stuff. That is where Vegas's puck movement at even strength can really hurt you. And uh, if the Oilers aren't able to disrupt that, it is going to be a very long series or, well, actually <laughs> wrong choice of words, right? A very short series for them. So we'll keep an eye on that and see how the Knights are, are going to hold up uh, versus this super talented Oilers team that has Seemingly had one of the best playoff runs in recent memory, but of course, all of these teams have done well, you know, you know, in advance to this point. They're not the only league in the playoff run, though. A couple of other teams that I wanted to talk about real briefly, mostly because they involve Jets prospects, including the Manitoba Moose and the Seattle Thunderbirds. We'll dive into their brief uh, playoff run so far in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us again for uh, some playoff round thoughts. We talked about the NHL playoffs, and now I kind of wanted to move really quickly towards the CHL and the AHL. Now, for the CHL, obviously, the only thing that anyone cares about from the Jets' perspective is Brad Lambert and the Seattle Thunderbirds. Seattle, I believe, is 2-1 uh, up in their series against the Kamloops Blazers. It's been a very high-scoring series in favor of Seattle, and at the center of a lot of that, of course, is Brad Lambert. Throughout his playoff runs so far, he's been, I mean, just an absolute monster. So far, he's got, like, what, uh, nine games, and he's already put up, like, 19 points. 
Lambert was already having a really crazy regular season for Seattle, 38 points in 26 games. Uh, but Brad has this ability to just be super magnetic. And I think this postseason has really shown that when he's confident and in control the way that he's been throughout much of his uh, regular season run. I mean, this dude is just unbelievable. I think one of these games in the postseason, didn't he have like five or six points or something crazy? For me, Lambert might be one of the most exciting uh, prospects in Winnipeg's cupboard. I don't think right now that he's like the player with the highest floor, right? There is a lot of boomer bust potential with some of his decision making and stuff. But when it comes to like effortless transition skating, effortless release, amazing scoring instincts and a drive to uh, create offense out of almost nothing, Lambert's just that dude. And when you pair him with talents like Dylan Gunther and all of those fun players from Seattle, it's just really hard to imagine that not working out, right? The the Thunderbirds may have the ability to go all the way to uh, the championships and maybe even win. But I think for you know Winnipeg's perspective, the most important thing is just seeing Lambert really shine and get a chance to build his confidence because there's a decent chance that at the conclusion of the CHL season, maybe Lambert gets recalled back to the Moose and uh, puts up some uh, really big numbers next season with the Moose. I really feel like Brad is one of those players who, if he sorts it out at the lower league level and starts to gain confidence and kind of works in some of his decision making, he will be a force to be reckoned with at the pro level. And it won't be long before he gets a call up to the Jets. I thought that, you know, last season's uh, training camp and preseason, he got really close. You know, we saw a version of Lambert that's still very raw, but very fun and could maybe contribute some nice scoring ability to the Jets. But you know, with time here with the, th- with the Thunderbirds and, you know, an additional season of experience with the Moose, hopefully, you know, returning next season, Brad might be a lot closer than, you know, some of us are, are worried, but I, I would love to see him, you know, lace up for the Jets sooner rather than later. I think that he's an amazingly skilled player and you don't want to rush him, right? You don't want to throw him into situations where he's not prepared, but if there's one thing that we've kind of learned with Brad is that he has no end uh, to his confidence and skill. So let's hope he makes that jump sooner than later. I am personally super excited and I hope that he is able to make that jump uh, sometime, you know, before this Jets core kind of um, gets dissolved, right? Because Winnipeg, like I said, they're running out of time and those contract situations are scarily coming up for um, some really hard decisions. Now, at the same time, the Manitoba Moose have been on their playoff quest. It just kicked off right as the Jets got eliminated, and Winnipeg is currently up 2-1 in their series against Milwaukee. We all know how much the ads have been um, a a huge pain over the the past couple of seasons. They have really hurt Manitoba uh, in ways that I can't even begin to describe. Some of those games in what was it last year's playoff run against Milwaukee just it was gutting because it felt like the Moose really should have had a better playoff run. But um, of course, Milwaukee kind of got some ridiculous saves and ended up, you know, be, you know, surrendering like shots like what it was like 40, 50 shots a game or something ridiculous. And Manitoba still lost. I know the Moose finishing last year wasn't nearly that, you know, as good as it was this year. Um, but it is just nice in general to see the Moose win a couple of games back to back and over time and really gain that playoff confidence to keep pushing forward. Because like we all know, the Jets didn't get it done. So it'd be nice if the baby Jets could find a way through. So far, Declan Chisholm has kind of been one of the big factors in a lot of the scoring 
Declan is one of those players that I'm very excited to eventually see make it to the NHL level, but I do think he still has uh, some some work to do on his defensive zone reads and his decision making in possession. It's not quite the the case like the same case with Vili Heinola. With Vili, you just know that there are certain things that he's going to do and some things that he's not going to do defensively. With Declan, I think you can kind of see where his mindset is. It's just kind of ironing out the kinks and making sure that when he, you know, maybe guns that pass out uh, where he's looking for that that breakout opportunity, he maybe pumps the brakes a little bit and kind of knows how to play it a little bit safer. So a very exciting team and one that I'm excited to track throughout their playoff run and, you know, prospects like Shizom, Danny Zilkin, and of course, uh, Chibrikov, who just joined, hopefully have a really deep run and maybe even get in some games and gain some experience ahead of what will hopefully be an appearance for the Jets sometime in the next couple of seasons. But let me know how you're uh, feeling about that playoff run and uh, if you're tracking any of Winnipeg's prospects during this postseason run. Also, give me your predictions for round two of the NHL playoffs in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Everydayers can tune in tomorrow for more thoughts about the Jets offseason and how Winnipeg can potentially uh, rebuild trust with a fan base. But like I said, for tonight's episode, that is all the time that we have. Thank you for listening and have a great night. Go Jets go!